Blog Talk Radio. Hey guys, welcome uh, to Saturdays. We're finishing it up here uh, live from Seattle, Washington. The Standing Above uh, the Crowd podcast hosted by my good friend, a brother, a mentor, James Donaldson. Yours truly, Mark Mancini, producing it, 347-205-9631. We get a load of these answers and questions and everything and listeners and show goes by quick. You can always catch the archive on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Mancini Sports podcast platforms, wherever you subscribe to, powered now by Mancini Media. So more him, less of me, lay the red carpet down, put the podium in its place, hand off the mic. First of all, James, how are you? Second of all, how can people get a hold of you? Third of all, another great guest, my friend. Hey, thanks so much, Mark, and great to be here with you again on a Saturday morning. Uh, and you, all the listening audience, can catch up with us every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, I shoot out phone number for you to call in and listen to the show live, or you, you'll get a link after the show, and you can download it and play it anytime you want to. Uh, if you call in live, though, you can ask your questions directly to our producer, Mark Mancini, the man behind the mic and behind the show, making it all happen. So uh, when you call in, you'll be talking to Mark. He'll take your question down for you and get it on to me. Uh, but anyway, hey, this is James Donaldson, Standing Above the Crowd uh, podcast. Uh, and we are all about sports, life, and a whole bunch more. You know, I mean, of course, a lot of people know me from sports, but I feel like I've done a whole bunch more with life as well, and so have so many of our guests that we've brought on. Uh, you can reach me at jamesd at standingabovethecrowd.com, and that's the best way to get a hold of me, a direct email directly to me. I get it in my inbox. I respond right back to you. Uh, so shoot me some thoughts on, on the show. Shoot me some suggestions of guests that you would like to hear from, and we can get them booked and scheduled. Uh, or just shoot me up something to say hello, all right? Uh, so that's James D. at StandingAboveTheCrowd.com. Uh, today, another beautiful weekend out here in the Seattle area, and spring is in the air for sure, so I'm just happy, happy, happy this time of year. But without any further ado, hey, uh, today is another great guest we have. I, uh, you know, I've been just reaching into my past of 40-plus years in sports and all the things I've done, and this is a fellow who goes back those 40-plus years with me, uh, back to Washington State University where I was a student athlete, and he was really instrumental in helping me round out into the student athlete I became and helped me get on track. Uh, he was the assistant coach there with George Raveling, who was the head coach. And I was with uh, our guests for four years, four wonderful years that really made me the person I am. And we are still in touch with him. Uh, he's, he's moved on from Washington State University onto Washington University in St. Louis, where he put together an astounding uh, basketball coaching record and a legacy that will stand the test of time. My guest today is someone I'm very, very happy to introduce to all of us, uh, Coach Mark Edwards from uh, St. Louis and University, uh, Washington University. Mark, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, James. Thanks for having me on. I, I look forward to talking to you and revisiting some of our times together. Yes, we had some wonderful times together. I remember those those days back in Pullman with Washington State University, and 
the summers that I, I'd spend there all summer working, uh, working a eight to five job during the day and basketball training, weightlifting, uh, Cougar cage camp, basketball camps during the evening. So it was a great summer. I loved all those times together, but you, my friend, you, uh, after you left WSU, and, and what year was it that you left from WSU? Uh, I was there from 72 to 81, and then I came here to St. Oh. Louis and, and uh, started the program at Washington University in St. Louis back in um, our first season was 81-82. So oh, I was there for nine right. years. Right, yes, I knew that. So you actually started, but you didn't you, weren't you a student athlete at, at Washington University? I was, and I, I graduated from there in the, in the 60s, and in the early 70s, they dropped basketball because of budgetary, uh-huh. philosophical, they just didn't know where athletics was going, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but they, came, they a new chancellor came in and, you know, wanted to use athletics as part of a, of a culture build of the whole university, and so... They were going to restart the program in 1981. Um, I was going to help them find somebody, you know, through my connections <laughs> in basketball. And they found me. And they convinced <laughs> me that it was a, it was going to be a good move and that good things would happen. And so I, I jumped on board and left my good friends out at Washington State and carved out an, another niche for myself. Wow, that is so great, so great, yeah. I'm looking at some of your highlights uh, with your resume and the body of work that you put together over those 37 years you were the head coach at uh, Washington University. Look at, look at some of the highlights. I want to just read you four or five of them. 685 wins during those years, uh, 34 straight winning seasons, 21 NCAA tournament appearances, 15 UAA titles, and two-time national champions back in 2008-2009. And you just retired from there a a couple of years ago and still living in the St. Louis area, still very closely affiliated with the university. Uh, But what a a body of work you put together, Coach. And uh, I remember you as a young guy, just a few years older than I was, uh, over there being a an assistant coach with Washington State, and you moved on and really made a name for yourself. A 700% winning record overall, and that's just fantastic. Uh, Washington University is Division Three. Why don't you tell our listeners some of the main differences between Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three uh, athletics? What is that? Well, the main difference is really a, a, a financial commitment to scholarships. Uh, Division One, you know, they have the full rides it, it, uh, in all the sports. Um, mm-hmm. Some schools focus it more on like football and basketball, and they kind of pay lip service to some of the other sports. And some of them are, are a full boat in all all the sports. Uh, Division Two is another status in which they they have a, a fewer number of scholarships available for the programs. There aren't nearly as many schools in the Division Two. Classification, uh, and then Division Three is actually the largest classification in NCAA sports. There's 432 schools that play at the Division Three level, and it is non-athletic scholarships. So all of the all of the athletes at Division Three schools 
compete without an athletic scholarship. Now, that doesn't mean they don't get financial aid, but it means that their okay. financial aid is based upon need and merit or, you know, national scholars programs or it has nothing to do with their with their athletics other than a lot of them are, are leadership type people. You know what I mean? They're, they're very bold people. They're, they're successful in athletics at the high school level, but they're also successful in civic things and volunteerism and they do a lot of things to get the attention of, of those schools. So uh, they, mm-hmm. they qualify for financial aid and, and uh, you know, they pick the school on the basis of the education and athletics is part of it. Wow. Yeah, that is something. So I'm sure the, the caliber and the quality of the student athletes who go to D2, D3 schools is probably a little bit more focused on academics uh, along with athletics. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. I think probably one of the biggest misunderstandings between Division Three and the other Division Two and Division One is that the quality of competition drops off. Uh, it doesn't drop off. They're just as competitive. They're not as talented, perhaps, but they're just mm-hmm. as competitive, and they play just as hard. And you know, they're they're in it to win. There's no doubt about it. And that's one of the reasons we had so much success at Washington University. Is it? We figured who we had to have that would fit into our program, fit into our school, and would appreciate it. And uh, right. so we recruited we recruited a very, you know, it was a nationally-based recruiting base for us because our school uh, gets kids from all over the country. And it's a, right. a pretty pretty elite school. And our conference that we're in is, is made up of schools just like us. So it's, you know, every university, NYU in New York, Brandeis University, uh, Carnegie Mellon in Pittsburgh, University of Chicago, uh, mm. Case Western. All of them are strong academic schools. Uh, and what they decided is they, they got together and they said, we're going to fund our, our programs but not our athletes. And so okay. we, fly, you know, we fly to every game. Uh, and, you know, we make trips all, all season long in our conference. So the kids get quite an experience, and we're able to make a sale uh, when we're talking to a kid and we're talking about our school. Uh, it's one of the top schools in the country. It's in the top 20 or top 10 of the schools nationally ranked of all universities. Uh, it's just mm-hmm. like an Ivy League. It's just like an Ivy League, but we're, we elected to play at a level that we feel we're more competitive at, which is Division Three. So, right. you know, it's a wide, it's, like I said, there's 432 schools that play at that level. So it, mm. it, it, it's a, a good basis, um, you know, and you get good competition. You really do. I mean, One. you know, we're, we're not a Division One school. We're not saying we're as good as, as Washington State or UCLA or any of the other uh, Pac-10 or 12 schools, but we are very competitive within the leagues and within our, our national uh, setting. So, yeah, it was a great experience, and it was one that I fit in very well. And, and does Washington University have all the major sports there uh, that are competitive, men's and women's sports? Yes, uh, they have uh, 18 or 19 sports. Um, you know, we've won our women's basketball has won like six national championships. Uh, wow. We've won national championships in track and field, both men and women soccer, women, uh, men's and women's basketball, and 
currently all of the teams in our in our league were ranked this past year uh, in, in the national scene. So it's a very competitive, you know, program and attracts top athletes from all over the country. Mm, wow, that is fantastic. Hey, you know, we've got a lot of folks listening in from Cougar Nation, Washington State University. Uh, I post all of our promos on their different Facebook pages and things. Uh, take us back to your days at WSU. What are some of your fondest memories of Pullman, Washington State University, especially the basketball program during that? Well, you know, I remember when I first came to Washington University um, in 1972, uh, mm-hmm. my my uh, former college coach at Washington U was the new head coach at Washington State. I was in the Army. I had been drafted out of uh, graduate school. And when I got out of the Army, this is back during the Vietnam era, when I got out of the Army, uh, he said, come on out here and join us. It was February, you know, towards the end of the season. Join us, and you can be on the staff next year and all this and that. And that was back in the days when you had two assistant coaches and that's it. Yeah. And, you, know, you didn't have anybody else in your staff, basically. And he had Dale Brown and Homer Drew, and I was uh. going to be a grad assistant. And so I I said, okay, and I did it. And I went to Pullman, Washington at the 1st of February, and I didn't realize there was turmoil going on there. <laughs> By the end of February, after the last game, Ray Nagel called uh, – Bob Green went in and told him that he was releasing him, and that was it. So I was there for like four weeks and you know, basically out of a job in the future. And oh. Ray Nagel's Ray Nagel's really a class guy, he, and, and I had met him, and we hit it off. And he says, I'll tell you what I'll do, Mark. He says, if you help me acclimate a new coach to the campus or help in, in showing them around when we're interviewing and coaching candidates, uh, I'll make sure they keep you on the staff. And I said, Good. okay, I'll do it. So at least I'd have that option. And, uh, you know, George Raveling was the person that they hired. He was an assistant coach at Maryland at the time and a super guy, energetic. I mean, we just hit it off right away. And sure. uh, and that's how I got with him. And so Nine years later is when I made my move. Now, during those early years, we were just like everywhere else. You had, you know, you had to produce to win and or to uh, keep your job. But his philosophy was a little different in that he really did, he really did value the character and the people that he recruited. And he's pretty mm-hmm. straightforward. I remember, I remember when we recruited you, James. Uh, you know, yeah, you were looking just for, you were just looking for an opportunity. You just wanted a place where you could find find home. And I remember the conversation he had. He said, James, if you come up here and you work hard from the very beginning, you'll be up, you know, you'll help us win a national championship. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and if you don't want to work hard and you don't want to be part of that, then there won't be a scholarship for you. Yeah, and, yeah, I remember that. And, and, and James, you remember when you the first summer he came up there was between his, his uh, high school and freshman year. I remember he had that picture of uh, uh, the Iceman. Remember that poster? Yeah, that dressed, poster. Oh, yeah. He, he had one half yeah. of his body was dressed in a business suit, and the other half was dressed in a basketball suit. And one <laughs> hand he was holding the ball, and the other hand he was holding a bag of money. And you put that on your wall. 
<laughs> and you put that on your wall, and that was your motivator. Yeah. And you, every morning, you'd see, you'd see him in the gym working with either yes. myself or the other assistant coach. And every day, he would he would uh, just keep going down to that weight room and wait. And I remember the guy who was working the weight room would say to us, he said, man, that guy's strong. He did leg press and lifted the whole machine off the floor. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's right. And, and uh, you were, uh, yeah, and you came in and, and uh, you know, at the time, I, you know, we talked, remember, about redshirting your freshman year. But James right, improved, and, and you developed so fast and so much mm-hmm. that we didn't do that. And, you know, the rest was history. Yeah. You went on to establish yourself in the conference and nationally and, and uh, of course, in the NBA for all those years, but uh, that's yeah. probably one of the neatest memories. And I remember James, in keeping with my my philosophies about the academics being very important uh, with the schooling right. and the athletics. I remember we were playing in the Far West Classic, and um, mm. and we're sitting in the airport, getting ready to fly back, and. All the guys are sitting there reading Sports Illustrated, or I don't know. It was probably the days before you had you had headphones. I don't think we had headphones back then. I'm not sure. No, but we had boombox boomboxes. Oh yeah, right, right. And, and everybody's sitting there and doing their. And there's James sitting over there reading a book, studying. Yes. And he had a test coming up, and he was working on it. And, and I, I learned, my wife was with us, and I said to Mary, and I said, now oh, there's somebody that's going to make a difference. You know, yeah, basketball-wise, wow. that's what he's working on. But otherwise, you watch, you'll make a difference. And you did. I yeah. mean, you graduated in four years, and you carried it forward. And those are the type of kids that I worked with for the last 37 years here at Washington U. But uh, yeah. you know, we've had it. We, but George would attract those type of kids to the Washington State program. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. You know, the, the Mar- Marty Joe Bikinis, uh, yes. a lot of the different uh, kids. We, I can't come up with them all right now. But kids that came in there with great dedication and, all, and not just for basketball. Some of them came just primarily because of basketball. But they yeah. immediately yes. would get converted into into something else. And uh so that was one yeah. of my fondest memories. Is it allowed me to be very comfortable philosophically uh, with the academic part of it, because I really enjoyed the academics, but also yeah. be very competitive. No, and, that was you know, wonderful. That, yeah. And I, I, I remember those memories just as clearly as you do. And uh, and I'm still in touch with quite a few of the guys. You mentioned Marty Jovacchini, Dave Neal, Terry Kelly, Angelo Hill. Uh, we had we had a great cast of players and personalities that uh, uh, I was just I was just blessed to be able to be part of. Now, remember, I didn't play my first couple of years hardly at all my freshman and sophomore year. I set the bench, and, you know, I was one of those players I'd get in there, maybe if the game was out of hand, 20 points up or 20 points down, and 15, 20 seconds left in the game, you know. So that's kind of what I did my first couple of years. But I lived in that weight room. I got bigger, stronger, faster, meaner, tougher. And, you know, I just put my faith and trust in, in your hands and uh, George Raveling and Tom Puglisi and, and all the other guys who were there, the coaches. And I just said, hey, I'll do what you asked me to do, and we'll see where this goes. So thank you so much for that, Coach. Well, I also remember 
when you came up, you had had some foot problems in high school, if I remember correctly. And you mm-hmm. really got a late late start to your athletic career. And yeah. that very first summer, Rick Sloan, the assistant track coach, worked with you on just the mechanics of running, of just being able to get that's, up and down the floor. That's and, <laughs> but you did yeah. it. I mean, you know, it's one thing to be shown what you have to do to be successful. It's another thing to take it to mind and seize, seize that opportunity and really evolve with it. And you've been doing yeah. that your whole life. So I'm, I'm very proud of you. You're one of the people who I, I point to as uh, uh, a stalwart in, in identifying character and, and integrity at, at Division One level when you came through that program yeah. and what you accomplished there with it. So I'm proud of you, James. Thank you. And, and that's what I think. Athletes. Hey, you're given a wonderful opportunity to go to universities, to graduate, to get your degree, your diploma. You've got to take advantage of that opportunity. I mean, make yourself the best student athlete you can possibly be. Please, 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 by all means, please try to graduate and get it and walk away with a degree in hand. And that way, it really sets you up for so much more out there in life. You don't, you don't even know is out there. So, like, I put my trust in you. You kind of had a vision. The coaching staff had a vision for me. It took me a few years to see that vision and start realizing that. So that's what that's all about. I, you know, hey, Coach, you, you coached for 37 years at Washington University. You really must love the game and love coaching young people. I really do. I, I look at it as a, as a challenge to be able to take it people to have an idea of what they want and what they want to accomplish both on and off the court and be able mm-hmm. to come in and, and, and meld them together into a working unit that's successful. Then when the when their career is over at the end of the four years and they move away, they've got the tools to do whatever they want to do. Doesn't, you know, they can mm. be there in business, but they can go out and become a doctor and become uh, own a business or drive a truck or do something, whatever they want to do, they right. will have the tools to understand what it takes to be successful. And yeah. that, to me, is one of the greatest educations that you can get. And you say, is it necessary to go to college to get that? Probably not, but you're going to create an environment in college where it's available. I mean, that's the age group that you have to, where you have to evolve. And, you know, I mm-hmm. can't think of any other any other area except maybe the armed services where you take that yeah. age group and and create a, a machine of success out of it. So, you know, it's, it's a very, very important part of it. Yeah, and within all that, I mean, you have, you have discipline, you have structure, you have, uh, you know, a game plan to move forward and, and, and try to achieve success. So that's what coaching and, you know, sports and the military and those kind of things bring out of young people. I wish more people would get involved with it and they would benefit from the great coaches I've had and mentors throughout. Uh, and I want to say and also pass on some thanks to you, Coach, for being there th- with me uh, through these last four or five years when I went through some real serious uh, mental challenges and all that. You were right there, supportive, encouraging me to hang in there. And uh, I'm trying to schedule some speaking engagements now, and I hope to get out to St. Louis one day. I'll definitely come by and see you, and we'll spend some great time together. Yeah, that'll be a, that'll be really really great. I know that a lot of times today these kids are dealing and men, you know, they're they're dealing with women, are dealing with they're yeah. dealing with issues that you know it, it's you you can't understand it unless you're the one dealing with it. 
And yeah. to me, that's the that's the first step. And you know, I've gone through it with players on my team and player and people in my family, etc. That you know, you can't say, "Oh, well, just toughen up, just suck it up." <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's not an that's yeah. not an answer to issues that we we have today. And you know, I I, I agree. I I don't think that they were as the issues were as dominant as they were uh, as they are today back when when you were playing i think that you know everybody had issues but but somehow you know it wasn't it wasn't as broad as it is right now uh, so yeah. i know that what you've gone through and the decision you have made to impact other people's lives is going to pay off for a lot of people and you know that's yeah. another thing that i think is hey that that's what was in your character all along uh, that's just the way you're yeah, made up. Well, yeah, that's true. And I've dedicated the rest of my life as the next chapter of my life of being that voice and that advocate for mental health awareness and suicide prevention. So that's the work I do. And, uh, hey, we got about five minutes left, Coach. Um, we just wrapped up March Madness and the Final Four and the championship game and all that. What did you think? What was your takeaway from all that? Well, first of all, I thought it was wonderful to be able to have the, the atmosphere that was there, you know, the way it used to be three and four years ago. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the last couple the last couple COVID years, of course, you know, it was very difficult to try to generate that enthusiasm and that, that love of it outside of the team itself. And But to be able to have the fans back in there and the talk about it and the, and the you know the type of performances that they had. It was it was exhilarating. I mean, I just thoroughly loved the whole from the very beginning, the very first play-in game to the end of this tournament. Uh, just thought it was a tremendous production and a great mm-hmm. showcase for what sports going to be. Because you know they got a lot of there's going to be a lot of tough things coming up here. Uh, you know this this portal, this transfer portal that that they have going. That's going to be a yeah. tough thing to navigate to figure out how to how to make it work the right way and, and not screw up some kids' opportunities or some kids' future. I mean, you know, we talk about what's what it's going to do for the schools, but we've got to talk about what it's going to do for the kids too. Uh, yeah. So I think that's that's something that I I saw in this tournament is that you know it'll be real interesting to see, you know, to see how that impacts that portal, which it already has, of course. Um, yeah, it really has. But, yeah, just just look at how many young kids already have entered into the transfer portal uh, from our Cinderella team, St. Peter's. Uh, three of their players went into the transfer already. Right. Yeah, and, you know, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. You know, it's a great opportunity. But... What what about the, the team elements that you're learning, you know, the yeah. team commitments yeah. and the people that you've bonded with, and, or you'll never have that opportunity. You're going to just be moving around. And there's always been kids in that, that type of framework, but I think it's going to increase right now. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be very interesting, and I just hope the kids come out on, you know, the men, the young men come out on top of this. Yeah, I do too. I, I hope the NCAA really, you know, manages to make this, you know, a, a win-win for everybody, both the, the institutions, the schools, and the players themselves. Uh, you know, coaches have always been able to move around quite easily. 
but now the players are moving around, and a lot of times they go to situations they think the grass is greener on the other side, and it turns out not to be. So uh, you, you have to be careful with those kind of decisions you make at an early age. Well, you know, James, let's look at your, your situation back when you came to Washington State. You said you sat on the bench for two years. Mm-hmm. And you bought into what we were trying to do, and you bought into the total totality of it, not just saying, okay, in three months I'm going to be the player I want to be. And no. you bought into the totality. You weren't thinking about transferring. You were thinking about getting better. Uh, That's you right. were thinking about be, being competitive in a very competitive team so that you, that team wins. Uh, that's what's that's what worries me. You know, the yeah. first time you don't you if you don't start you transfer. Well, I mean, you know, that's gonna, that eventually is going to turn out to be a, a losing proposition for you. And you know, what's going to happen when you have your first job and and you're not meeting production quota or whatever? You know, whatever. Wow. Well, there's nothing like the collegiate uh, athletic experience. Uh, being a student athlete, being a coach as you've been, uh, working with so many young people over those years and, and seeing them move on to their you know journey in life with whatever they're going to be and whatever they're going to do, I know you take tremendous amount of uh, pleasure in, in the fact that you've helped structure these young people as you helped structure me as well. And uh, I just want to say thank you so much, Coach, for coming on board. Uh, it's always great to talk with you. We talk once or twice a year for the last several years and just stay in touch. And I do want to get out to St. Louis and check you out one of these days. Um, but in the meantime, hey, we're going to just keep on pushing ahead with being the best that we can be. Uh, and, folks, this is James Donaldson from Standing Above the Crowd, uh, Sports Talk Podcast. You've been listening in at 10 a.m. Saturday morning. Check in with us every single week. We'll be right here for you. So you all have a great week. We will talk to you next time. Thank you so much, Coach. Have a great day. Uh, Bye-bye.